Hello, and welcome to the Cosmic Cauldron with host Jamie and Charlotte, where we discuss spirituality, paganism, witchcraft, holistic lifestyles, and everything in between. So gather around the cauldron every Wednesday, where we brew up a new topic. All right. Welcome to Cosmic Cauldron. And this week's topic, we're going to go over shadow work. It has become a popular and even trending topic. And we are going to be discussing some of our similarities and differences when it comes to our own use of shadow work and how we view it. And yeah, let's get into the topic. Jamie, you want to start? Hey, yeah. So shadow work is all the trend right now, right? You hear this word popping up everywhere. It's it's all the rage. And it was actually a term that I only more recently learned about. Um, but I didn't realize that I'd actually been doing quote unquote shadow work for a long time and just didn't realize that's what it was called. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. think that, so I think sometimes, um, people get the wrong idea of it because I know the first time I heard it, I was like, is this like some witchcraft thing? Is this like a spell thing? <laughs> no, I didn't know. Um, and I, you know, I've even heard some people think of it as just something dark or mysterious in general. Um, and while I think it can be obviously very mysterious, um, I wanted to offer a little bit of a different perspective, my perspective on shadow work. And I think everyone's is going to be different. So obviously, you know, take what you want from my viewpoint um, and leave the rest. But to me, shadow work happens when we are truly willing to examine and identify the parts of ourselves that need healing. So that means always being willing to see the lesson in things, you know, even in really tough and unfortunate situations and being willing to dig deep into what role that your beliefs and patterns, your limitations, and even your trauma played in a given situation. Um, Because, you know, we're born fresh and anew, right? And we are subjected to programming and, you know, all kinds of experiences and trauma throughout our lives that take a toll on our psyche and our nervous system. And we carry those things with us, um, even through lifetimes, I believe. And it's so very important to be able to sit with yourself and have that that quiet centeredness and, and be able to look and see the things that you need to work on instead of blaming other people around you. That's kind Absolutely. of how I- That is definitely, that is definitely paramount. <laughs> um, <laughs> not even to shadow work, just I think life in general. So yeah. It's, it's difficult and not a lot of people can do it. I really don't. I think it's very personal and it takes a lot of maturity, especially like emotional maturity to be able to reach that point where you can either enter a situation or leave a situation or exist in a situation where you're willing to look at, you know, your responsibility of things, of how they're turning out, you know, instead of yeah. just saying, okay, well, that's your fault. That happened to me because of you, you know, yeah, everyone's you own your shit. Yeah. You got to own your shit. <laughs> you know, I'm, anything I, I, I've heard people say this and I, and I tend to think it's true and I like it is that the things that are triggering for you and other people are things that you need to heal in yourself. And I think yes. that perfectly sums up what shadow work is, is instead of getting annoyed and frustrated and, 
um, you know, throwing a middle finger up to the thing that triggers you. It's taking a moment, putting your hand on your heart and just saying, okay, what is it about that? That set me off so much. Yeah. (laughs) You know, what is it in me that did not like that? (laughs) Because maybe I carry that also. I, I use that strategy in my own shadow work too. You really have to, you know, examine your, your triggers and where, you know, where the emotions are rising, you know, when, or if you see like a trait in somebody else that you, you know, you don't like, or you judge, you know, that, that, that's time to reflect, you know, it's possible Mm -hmm. that that trait exists within you. Yeah. And I'm the same way as you, I was doing shadow work for years without calling it shadow work. So the term itself is new, but the process isn't. Yeah. I think that it's, it's one of those very important, like inherent things that people try to make trendy, but it's just something that, you know, hopefully we've all been doing and we should be doing. It's just a part of life. It's a part of growth and refusing to do it, refusing to look at those darker shadowy parts of ourselves, the scary things, you know, the things, the aspects about ourselves that we don't want to look at because they make us feel scared or they make us feel less than, you know, they make us uh, relive moments and situations and experiences that were very painful. You know, when we stuff that down, it's like a storehouse of black coal (laughs) that eventually just like weighs (laughs) you down to the point where you can't, you can't even function really. And so many people like itself. Okay, yeah, sorry. it does it's present no, itself some way. <laughs> it will, it will manifest. Absolutely. And I think like it, it is one of the reasons why people are always so like ill tempered and short tempered and have very little patience. Um, because in, well, I mean, they, they say, you know, misery loves company too. So then it's like this, you know, domino effect where one person is not dealing with their shit. So then they make someone else miserable. So they don't have to feel right. They don't want to feel anything. So let me make you miserable. And then it's just, yeah. it just continues. And so it's like, <laughs> I believe they call it a, de- deflection. Deflection. Yeah. Yeah, yes. it is. <laughs> projection sometimes. Yeah. Projection, projection and deflection. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to get it, you know, the onus off of you. So Yeah. Yeah. And so I I suppose for that reason, I feel like it happens pretty automatically for me. And I think probably a lot of people, because when you're focused on growth, it is just a part of who you are. Um, And it becomes like, I know you and I talk about it all the time. We incorporate it in our conversations. It's part of our daily lives. And that's why we wanted to have this episode is so that other people maybe who aren't really aware of what this is and what it means can hopefully walk away (laughs) with, you know, a little bit more education on this because it's, um, it's just something that you have to do when you want to be a better person when you want to reach that, that higher self potential that you have, you have to be willing to look at all of you, you know, and it's like the whole love and light movement from, you know, 10, 15 years ago, heck even longer than that, probably it was great and all, but now it's like, you can't ignore the other side of that coin, you know, spirituality and even, you know, um, paganism and witchcraft, it, it can't be all love and light all the time. There has to be some of those deeper aspects that come forward. 
No, and it's it's really not, particularly when you know it, it, its application to paganism and witchcraft. It shadow work. I know you said earlier um, that the term itself. Uh, I'm going to be paraphrasing here, but that it kind of sounds kind of dark, maybe ominous, um, but it's it's not. It's the the balance of light and dark, you know, above below. It's it's really looking at your shadow and making peace with it. So it's, you know, you just have to embrace the darkness with the light and really dig in to, you know, things that you would keep hidden from yourself. So that's really the ultimate goal, you know, is to recognize your shadow and not hide from it. You need to, to integrate it, you know, into your your state of being, you know, while you can work on things, and I suggest that you do because there are plenty of ways that a, a person um, can grow and become a better person. You also need to forgive yourself and to make peace with yourself. So, absolutely, yeah, that is a hundred percent important, and and I think the point, you know, and and you know, when you start asking yourself these questions, when you start doing this reflection in this inner work, you're going to have your fair share of like, oh shit moments where, you know, you get the answers to the questions you really didn't want. And you're faced with the choice, you know, do I make the decision to do something different, um, to be a better version of myself? Or do I continue down this cycle that I know obviously isn't getting me where I want to be? And so, it can help you end negative cycles. It can help you end toxic cycles, not only with other people, but yourself as well. You know, Um, it can help you with (laughs) self-destructive patterns. You know, that's such Mm -hmm. a huge one, especially with women. Um, If you don't break those cycles, the universe will continue to give you that lesson until you get it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, absolutely it will. And trust me, that is not a ride you want to be on for very long. No, it doesn't get any easier. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But it does get easier, well, maybe simpler when you start to do the work. It the process yes. I think yeah. becomes a little bit more routine and you do shorten, I think, that time frame of, you know potential suffering and pain. <laughs> um, That's with true. There, lesson. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There is yep. something to gain. And, you know, if you have to repeat a lesson, which I have definitely repeated a few lessons in my lifetime. <laughs> you, <laughs> I think you, we can all say that. <laughs> you just start to get the hang of it. Like, hey, I've been here before. <laughs> yeah, 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 I could see it. It's it shortening, you know. The ultimate goal is to to learn the lesson, take what you can from it and apply that to your life and find out areas that you can grow, find out areas that, you know, you were wrong or areas that, you know, you want to keep areas just in general, really reflect on on the lesson at hand and what you can take from it. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think like intuitively, I keep getting like this vision of like, (laughs) like a creepy, like little woman like hiding in you like when you don't, when you don't or man, um, um, (laughs) you don't listen to those parts of yourselves. It's like it just scratches away and eats away at you and can create such suffering and misery that um, by exposing that to the light, 
then you you do find that balance and you know you can <laughs> finally banish the the creepy little thing this is the vision that i was given it's like <laughs> yeah just like this thing like just dying to crawl out of you you know and it's like clawing its way and the more you ignore it the more chunks it takes out of you you know until you finally release it you release it and then you don't have it clawing at you anymore. I hope for our visual listeners that you guys can pick up what I'm putting down here. <laughs> so yours is a, a very old, angry and determined lady. Is, is that the, the inner Jamie? <laughs> I, I, maybe so. Maybe it is. Yeah. And I think there's even like, like a child in there too. Cause there's some inner child stuff too, that I think, you know, wants to be recognized and dealt with that I've been working on personally. Yes. Um, but, you know, from from very early on in my life, seeing people suffer, you know, whether it be emotionally or physically, it became very important to me to figure out ways to not suffer, um, yeah. which, you know, led me down a path to, you know, um, holistic living and healing and alternative natural things. Um, because, you know, we're never not going to have suffering. Life is about balance, right? You can't yeah. know life without death. You know, you can't know sunshine without darkness. So it's not like you're never going to have it, but you can definitely reduce the amount that you're going to have to deal with and increase the amount of bliss that you can have on the other side of it. Yeah. I mean, bare minimum, you can at least kind of kind of smooth out your path just a little bit. It doesn't always have to be so rocky. You know, right. there'll be bumps. There'll be bumps along the way. There's no getting, you know, around that. That's life. But, you know, yeah, you, you just don't want to be stagnant, you know, like yeah. who wants to be yeah. stagnant? No, no. thanks. <laughs> no, no, especially not us. We're always trying to move forward. Um, I know that it's up. not... Yeah, I know it's not as easy for some people. So let's talk about some ways that, you know, if it doesn't come natural for you, the listener, how you might go about it. What are your tips for shadow work that you would give the listeners? Okay, yeah, I have a few. Um, the first one I would say, and we've already said this, but I feel like I need to reiterate is always look for the lesson in everything. Okay? Mm -hmm. Always be willing to take responsibility and examine your role in a situation. Do not ever think that you are greater than having to own up to your own shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, there's never a point in your life where it's always going to be someone else's fault entirely. That's just not the way it works. You know, energetically, it takes multiple energies to create a synergistic situation. And, and that's even the case for personal stuff. Things that you've been through were probably because of someone else in your lifetime. So you still have to own your shit. That's the, yes. the first tip. Okay. Look for the lesson, own your shit. Um, the second one, the second tip I have is don't fear going deep. It yeah. can be really scary. You're going to cry. You're probably going to scream. You may even feel the rage of a thousand suns sometimes. I know yeah. I have. Or I a thousand. Have or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. You know, all of that is welcomed. It's a part of it. You know, we're feeling creatures. We're meant to feel it all. And we don't need to hold on to it. It's the holding on to these emotions and these things that are in these darker parts of ourselves is where we run into trouble. So allow it to come up 
in any way that it needs to. <laughs> yeah. I I would like to interject there. I, you know, while I would like to assume that everybody is in the headspace to do shadow work, there are going to be some people, uh, particularly those with a lot of trauma in their history that would do best to pair their shadow work with an actual therapist, you know, a licensed professional to help you. And you can do it, you know, alongside um, therapy, but you, you know, you don't want, if you are in a bad spot or, you know, if this trauma is going to bring up too much for you, you definitely want to, to pair it with, you know, a licensed therapist for sure. I agree. I think that's a great suggestion and a needed suggestion um, because it can be, it can be re-traumatizing if you're not in the right frame of mind. So while it's still important to do it, if you need that sidekick, you know, that person that can literally hold your hand and walk you through it, please like, don't fear doing that either. (laughs) So don't fear going deep. Don't fear getting help. Yeah. Yeah. And just give you the tools to, to, to process it because it, it can be very heavy to dig into shadow work, you know, not even just, you know, calling yourself on your own bullshit, but to, to dig into, you know, traumas you've endured in your life and really, you know, attempt to face them head on. You know, it's, it's not an easy process, but it is a necessary one. It is. Yeah. It's definitely not easy, um, but it's very rewarding. Yes. Um, and kind of brings me to my next tip. Number three is, be prepared to question things in your life and even to shift your core beliefs at times. Um, Doing this deep work can sometimes expose deep untruths and leave us feeling like we're being born all over again. So I think that's sometimes an unexpected part of the shadow work that maybe doesn't get spoken about as much is how much can change when you finally do that? You know, when, when you uncover limiting beliefs and patterns and things that your entire life can shift, relationships can shift, you know, what you believe in, you know, your, your religious beliefs or even your career. Sometimes um, you find yourself not in the same place that you were. So that's okay. And just be prepared for that. (laughs) Yeah. It can definitely bring on some big changes. I know, in my, my recent history, and as you know, <laughs> I, I, I definitely did some shadow work and left a, a career behind that was unfulfilling, to say the least. So, yes, yeah, I can yes, definitely shake some things up. Yeah, exactly. And so that's just, I just feel like that's so important because uh, I think sometimes people still want to cling to what they know, you know, even when they're moving through things, it's like they don't. Yeah realize that, you know, everything can change and that sometimes it's necessary. So, um, but then tip number four is again, just own your crap. (laughs) Don't project. It it bears repeating. (laughs) It does. Honestly, it does. It really, really does. It's that important. Um, it really just, yeah, I can't say it enough, but don't project, try not to blame and shame other people. Find the reason that you're triggered by something and look within you, not without you or outside of you. Okay. Shadow work is a very 
personal process. And if we aren't willing to take that responsibility for ourselves, you're not going to get very far. You're going to end up right back where you were at square one. Okay. And that's not to say that sometimes other people aren't still to blame for certain things. Okay. That can definitely be the case as well. You know, (laughs) not mutually exclusive. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, but you just need to be willing to take that responsibility in order to keep moving. And, and sometimes it may not feel like things are moving, but the more you do this work, the more I promise you, you will notice it and it will be beautiful. Yeah. And that's it. That's my four tips. Um, really, I, I just want to say one more thing <laughs> that this work is real. It's messy and it can make you really, really uncomfortable. Um, but it's what we're here to do as humans. I really believe like everyone's path is different, but I think there's a lot of us, if not most of us are here to really embrace this human experience. You know, humans are feeling creatures. They're emotional creatures. So we're meant to work through these things I feel in this lifetime. And this process can be as simple as journaling after a tense situation or as deep as shifting your entire relationship status and career. Um, So just remember all of that is okay. And all of you is welcome. Be willing to meet the parts of yourselves that are hidden away. That's honestly the really fun part because you get to learn so much about yourself and figure out who you are outside of all of this (laughs) limiting beliefs or patterns that you have or trauma that's been holding you back. Um, So good luck. (laughs) Yeah. I, I really liked the part about, you know, being prepared for things to change, because I think in in our lives as a whole and in general, sometimes people are afraid of change. Like even, even traumas, people will sometimes hold on to traumas for longer than necessary because it, it's become a part of their identity and they don't know who they are without it. So You know, when you were saying that, that it, that's what it made me think of. And it is, it's essential that you are prepared to, to let go of things that are no longer serving you. You know, mm-hmm. while it is about integrating uh, your shadow with yourself, it's also about letting go of the bullshit that you don't need anymore. So, yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because I mean, even I have experienced that and I pretty sure you have too, is when something is just so ingrained, you know, uh, uh, an untruth for yourself that when it's taken away, you feel raw, you feel vulnerable, you feel like a child and you're just like, I don't know what to do with myself. You know, it can can be like we said, like re-traumatizing again. So yeah. and, And make sure, I feel like I need to add this one make sure you're just super grounded when you're doing this work, whatever that means for you, you know, whether it's taking walks in nature or, you know, lighting some incense or journaling, whatever it is, find a practice that can keep grounded while you're doing this. Yes, absolutely. And I, for me, I, I don't know if I can add much more to what you, you've already said, except to build upon the journaling aspect of it. Um, For me, I'm a writer, so everything gets written down. And (laughs) sometimes I don't know my own emotions until, you know, I am actively writing them down. And when I see it on paper, that that's when I can make sense of it. So there are 
several journal prompts that you can find online to help you dig into shadow work. Kind of just be selective about which ones, you know, you are, you want to dig into. It really has to align with an area in your life where it's going to make sense. Um, So journaling is, is probably my biggest tip for sure. Yeah. I love that. I think I've, I've found that to be true for myself as well is um, well for me for speak with speaking and with writing, you know Um, if it weren't for you, Charlotte, sometimes I feel like I wouldn't understand things in the way that I do when I'm able (laughs) to to you about it. But if you don't have anyone to speak to um, or that's not your preferred way, writing is just as wonderful. Um, yeah, and it's, it's kind of getting those thoughts just out of your brain makes them make more sense. <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> I, I know we kind of have daily therapy sessions, just kind of being a sounding board for one another. But, oh you know, gosh, when you're journaling, do. yeah, don't we? <laughs> when you're journaling, it's like a, a conversation with yourself. So, you know, you can really you know, dig in and uncover things that you wouldn't have otherwise, you know, realized. And I do it all the time, even if it's not specifically shadow work, if I'm just journaling in general, I'm like, ah, hell, I didn't realize that bothered me that much. (laughs) You know, all new insights. Yeah, absolutely. Also, as we were saying earlier, I know for both of us, you know, it's kind of organic the way that we approach shadow work, you know, for separate reasons, me Personally, we both know that I'm hypercritical of myself, and, and that's part of the shadow work that I am still actively working on. So, <laughs> so all this to say that shadow work is a continuous process. You know, um, for me, you know, it's not like I ever feel like it's done. There, there's always something I could could work on or a past trauma that, you know, I've thought I've gotten over, but, you know, it reemerges and it's a little raw, you know, it still kind of stings and, and that's natural too. So. Yeah, you know, absolutely. While Jamie and I have our similarities, we certainly have our differences with Jamie. She's a, a very mentally, you know, sharp and light air sign where I can come across, you know, a, a bit darker and brooding water sign. And by come across, I mean, I am. Um, so, <laughs> so let's, uh, let's dig into astrology a little bit and how it relates to uh, shadow work for you. Yes. So this is something I was excited to talk about because there are different tools, obviously, that you can use to help you with your shadow work. We've already talked about journaling you know, and even meditation is a great tool that can help you as well. But I have been sort of following astrology, learning about astrology for the better part of, gosh, probably about eight years now. And it's interesting how you can follow the cycles and see how they line up with the, with the cycles in your own life and how certain planetary aspects um, come into play with what you're working on. And I think that it's helped me to pay more attention 
to things that I need to work on because of the astrological predictions, you know, around certain, you know, aspects. And, and I'm not, you know, an expert in astrology here. Um, but, you know, don't worry, I'll away. tell you. I, I know you will. I know you will. <laughs> So I'm going to give like, you know, the non-educated version of this, and then you can come in with the, <laughs> the more educated version. Um, but, you know, paying attention to the moon cycles, you know, and the Mercury retrogrades or all of the retrogrades that we've had, you know, and all these different things that, that happen that mean that there's going to be a certain kind of energy coming into play you know, in a yeah. certain time frame that gives you an opportunity to work on something that's related to that. If you have something you need to work on, I feel like I never want to miss that opportunity. So it's like, for me, it's like, I have like this deadline, like, okay, you know, Mercury retrogrades coming up. That means it's time for me to kind of come back in a little bit and do some reflection and not be too expressive with ideas and purchases and whatnot, kind of keep that all to myself. And so it, it can help you give yourself that time and space when you need, um, but also clue you in on what you could be possibly working on if you don't have any idea. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. I know for me, I don't always check it. Uh, the transits, even though, you know, I'm well aware that they're occurring and that they have an impact on my life, it, it'll usually be, you know, something in my life that is not going the way that I think it should be going, you know, at least in my head. <laughs> then I'll be like, damn, the moon was in my eighth house, which, you know, is my natal moon, mind you. <laughs> and I'm like, crap. Okay, this is a time of transformations. You know, I wasn't ready. Warn me. <laughs> see, and I'm not, see, I don't even, I don't even know how to keep up with it as well as you do, but you know, I usually just ask you and you tell me, which is great. Um, but you know, it's like the more you dig into that, the more you can learn about yourself and how you can utilize, um, this amazing tool, you know, that's been around since the beginning of time. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I have both our natal charts up on my phone at all times. So I am able to tell you what transit is occurring in what house for you. <laughs> in oh fact, gosh, I do. Are, let's talk about this right now. Let's talk about this. And let me see if I can work on anything that has to do with it. Okay. Since I always have your chart pulled up on my phone so I can give you your own personalized astrology forecast for transits. Right now, the sun is in your first house. Now, you know, think of the sun as, you know, your internal self. And with the first house placement, that is your house of self. You know, this is, you know, who you are and how you see the world. Um, this is this is your internal world. Meet your internal world. So it's going to be a lot of internal reflection coming in. Now, the moon yeah. currently is in, right now it's transiting into your 11th house. Now, the 11th house, when they're comparing it to signs, is the 11th house would be equated to Aquarius. So, the moon, mm -hmm. which is your emotions, is coming into the 11th house. So, Basically, this will, it will bring an Aquarian-like influence 
into into your your emotional state which you know because just what you needed was some more Aquarius in that chart so oh my gosh (laughs) for those of you who don't know my birth chart contains five different planets in Aquarius so um about as Aquarius as it gets and that makes complete sense for me though because I am very much dealing with some some self right now um realizing self relearning self um, jump, just coming, you know, off the tail end of a difficult situation. It's like, I'm a fresh new baby again, learning the world and, um, am confronting my emotions in a different way that I haven't before. And I know that as an Aquarius, we don't typically, we're not usually an emotional sign at all. So I've had to work really hard on emotional intelligence (laughs) So I feel like that's obviously going to be a theme for a little while now. Yes. Um, yes. Learning to the moon. In- yeah. The moon influence should last for usually it's about a period of two days and your 11th house is actually in Libra, but because it's the 11th house, it will have influences of, of what you think of when you think of an Aquarius. So, so free thinking, um, very mental um, and, and I'm out of adjectives for Aquarius and that's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's cause they're all too wacky, but okay. So, that, so like Libra is all about balance. So that, yes. that resonates with me because that's what I feel like I'm doing right now is learning to balance that my mental energy with my emotional energy and not have more, one more weighted than the other. Um, yeah. which you know, typically it's usually the mental one that's pretty heavy. And, um, you know, I see in my life where that comes into play with a lack of like intimacy in relationships, even with friends. It's like, I can seem very aloof and uncaring at times and I'm absolutely not. It just comes off that way. So it's like learning how to bring that emotion up just enough so that people can see what I feel, you know, um, and not just this, you know, aloof outer shell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, even as a, well, my chart's a even split between water and fire, although I have some strategic air and earth, so I'm pretty balanced all over. But yeah, I'm not nearly as emotional as I am supposed to be per astrology. And and it's because of those placements, those, those very... Uh, pivotal earth and air placements that I can, I can come off the same way. So it's, Mm. but right now my moon is in the eighth house and the sun is transiting my 12th house, which those are both. Basically shit's about to get shaken up. So (laughs) Um, I'm as prepared as a person can be. I think it's going to get shaken up in some really beautiful ways, though, Um, especially with some news that we just got right before we recorded this, which I'm sure she will reveal in time. Like, hello. (laughs) I, I did. I received some great news today and I cannot wait to reveal that news on a later podcast for sure. I will be tingling with excitement for that because I know, <laughs> no one else knows. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. <laughs> you have the inside scoop. My um, lips are sealed. Don't test me. <laughs> you will not win. <laughs> um, well, let me circle back to a, a little bit about shadow work in in regards to paganism if i can even do it justice which i am not sure i can because it's you know i'm gonna give it a shot because it's not it is not exclusive to paganism or witchcraft but you know like like we were saying earlier it's become a, a buzzword it is absolutely trending now so in relation to to witchcraft and paganism, what you are doing is is embracing your 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 darkness with your light and accepting a full range of emotion as being you know fundamental to the human experience. So you know you don't like you were saying earlier. You need to feel those emotions. You know you need to process those emotions. Don't. Don't hide them away. At some point, they're going to resurface. So you you may as well really look at, at what you have in front of you and, and work through it to the best of your ability. And what you can't or, or what you thought, you know, was something you should hide because not all shadow work is bad. It's not all trauma. Sometimes we repress, you know, characteristics that are actually good but we don't view them as good. Uh, I I know for my, yeah, I know for myself, it's, it's vulnerability. And I believe that's the same for you too. Um, Or or maybe not the same, but (laughs) it's a really brave trait to have, but I struggle with it. Mm -hmm. So it shadow work is basically embracing anything that you repress and it does not have to be exclusive to trauma or something negative. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I'm just seeing here, like I'm getting so many visions while we're doing this. Sorry, it's just like Ooh. kind of wild. But it's like doing this work helps us to reach our fuller human potential. You know, if yeah. all of us can be willing to feel all of these parts of ourselves instead of stuffing them away. What more could we accomplish? You know, Mm -hmm. if, you know, because the vulnerability thing, you know, we're told as culture, as a culture, right, that being vulnerable is um, not ladylike, you know, or, um, you know, you just, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be that way. And those are, those are patterns and, and beliefs that come from where you're raised, you know, where you grow up. Um, yeah. gosh, the entertainment industry does a number on us, you know? And so you're right. It doesn't always have to be traumatizing. It can just be things about yourself that are really beautiful and really incredible that somewhere along the way, someone or something told you was not right or not true for you. And you need to dig those parts up and do everybody a favor and let us see that beautiful shit. Exactly. You know, you just integrate it into your life. You know, it's... It's definitely not, you know, exclusive to to the negative aspect. You know, when we're saying shadow, it's not all darkness. It is literally anything that you have repressed. So it could be just a, a wide range of emotions, a wide range of, you know, characteristics, anything that you have kind of stuffed away and been like, no, 
I don't need that. So, you know, bringing it all to the surface and kind of integrating it, you know, integrating it with the, the core of you. And for, for paganism and witchcraft specifically, you should, and actually, I don't think it's specific, but, but I know it is prevalent in the community. You, you always need to be working on yourself and it's not, it's definitely not exclusive, but in order, in order to progress in your craft, really, you, you need to have an understanding of yourself. So, and that's really getting in deep with yourself, you know, and, and aligned and in tune with who you are. So, you know, it's, it's definitely an important part. Yeah. And also, you know, what, what came to mind when you said that too, is also the potential to harm other people. If you're not owning your shit and taking responsibility, you know, in, in that craft, you may be inadvertently projecting or deflecting in ways that you may not be fully conscious of and hopefully wouldn't actually choose. (laughs) I have inadvertently done some damage before, um, based on thought alone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it, since it was not necessarily a conscious act, you know, I wasn't out here with my candles or my spell jars and I wasn't performing a ritual. It was just, I hope this happens to a certain somebody. It did not manifest in the way that it was intending. So (laughs) yes. Being specific is very important, but thoughts are powerful. They're just as powerful. I mean, these rituals only work and only have meaning because of the meaning that we give them, the energy that we put behind them, which starts with our thoughts, you know? And so thoughts are things and people, I think really underestimate that. And that's probably a topic for a whole nother episode um, that I'm really passionate about is, is, uh, you know, I, I actually went through, (laughs) you could call it strength training, if you will, years ago when I started working on myself is stopping myself of having critical thoughts of myself and others um, and Ooh. being able to retrain my brain to not, you know, be detrimental to myself or other humans. And, oh my gosh, can I, I can't even describe like how amazing that felt, you know, it so much yeah. peace and so much joy and so many more synchronicities and miracles happening in your life when you do that. But, but yeah, you need to be careful because if you're, if you're doing rituals and spells and any kind of craft, which I don't have as much experience with you, but I can definitely tell you from experience as well that I have had thoughts and things before that have come true in a way that I didn't really mean for them to. So again, it's just that self-awareness and taking that responsibility. Well, that's what spell work is, ultimately. I mean, you know, I know I reference spell jars and candle magic, but you don't need that. It's it's manipulating energy and sort of bending it to your will. So, like, with the amount of passion that was behind my thought that made the thing that I didn't want happen happen, <laughs> I knew, I knew, or I should have known to be more careful with... Um, uh, any emotionally charged thought. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Yep. And if you're a karma believing person, you know, you got to be careful with those karma points too. <laughs> yeah. My, I, I wouldn't say karma is, is something I exactly follow, but, but as far as, you know, you, you don't want to put out negative into the world if you can help it. So I definitely, yeah. I, I believe in, in being a good person, you know, ultimately. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kindness and love creates beautiful things. Why wouldn't you want that? Whether you believe in karma or not, in which um, side note, I did um, in some of my reading about paganism and more like earth and natural based religions as such, they don't really recognize karma. And I found that interesting, although yeah. it makes sense because karma is, it comes from more of like Indian religions, right? Like from a different area of the world and different belief system. Um, I don't know if I'm saying that appropriately, but I think you guys understand what I mean. So they, they obviously don't go hand in hand. And so that got me thinking, oh my gosh, because I've believed in karma. That's something that I've lived by for years. And I was like, if karma didn't exist, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's that our understanding of karma is a little bit different than it was intended. But that said, um, I still believe in you know, a, a reciprocal energy. So if you put good energy out there, you're going to get good energy back and vice versa. I, I don't know if I can't say for certain um, if that is karma as it was intended, uh, because I have simply not looked into it. <laughs> but but yeah, I do believe in that concept, whether or not it it is is karma or not. So I, I do it my was, best. It reminds me of this My Name is Earl episode where he's watching TV in the hospital. <laughs> and I think it's Carson Daly is on the TV. And he's like, it's in the very first episode, I think, or first or second. And uh, Carson Daly's like, um, when you do good things, good things happen. And that's like the basis for the whole show. Where he's like, <laughs> He has this long list of things that he's done to people, you know, and he, yes, wants, to, yes. he wants to write all the songs. <laughs> and I love that show. But I, like, do I remember I love that it. moment where he's sitting in the hospital. And he's all <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you it's imagine so if you got a list? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I wow. People to apologize to. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that is an, a wild concept that I had not really yeah. applied in my own thinking. And now that I'm, now that you brought it up, wow. <laughs> we got some letters to write. <laughs> right? Okay. I mean, that wouldn't be a terrible practice, you know, if you, you know, if you're wondering Ooh. what to do to work on yourself or to help you, you know, perpetuate the shadow work is if you, if you feel like you've hurt someone or wronged someone, write a letter, you don't have to give it to them. Even you could burn it, yeah. but it's very powerful, you know, forgiving also, yourself for. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Even if you feel like you have wronged somebody, you could write a letter to them, but also you could apply that back to yourself. You know, maybe there is a spot in your life where you need to forgive yourself. So maybe yeah. in your journal prompts, you could write a forgiveness letter, you know, from you to you. Yeah, 
that could be really powerful actually yeah. wow magic <laughs> all right i'm sure there are areas of shadow work that we have missed i think that is all that i had for my list do you have anything more no i feel like we covered so much here and you know while again my <laughs> My take on shadow work tends to be more from a mental perspective than a feeling perspective. Um, it's It's been really fun to, to talk about this and to bring up all the different ways to incorporate it in your life and all the expectations that one should have when doing this work. Um, and I just hope that our listeners feel a little bit more comfortable doing this work for themselves. Yeah, I hope so too. All right. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. We hope to catch you next Wednesday. Blessed be. Bye, witches.